0: Let me get my muzzle off here. Well, unless you have not heard the unfortunate news, uh, we have lost Walter. Walter passed away on Tuesday. And uh, so, and and his, uh, the arrangements for him are very, very sketchy. We don't really know what's going on. Uh, we do know that cremation is involved, but we don't know who's handling it. We don't know whether there's a memorial service uh, or anything like that. We understand that That's Dave, you maybe know more than... she is the executress of the of his estate right So yes. Yes. Um,
1: So so whether or not there's a connection back to these other churches is a big question mark for me. And so the Methodist pastor and me, we have promised if we find anything out, we'll we'll let the other one know. He said there was a bunch of people at the Methodist church in Mount Retina that knew older. Oh, yeah.
0: He mentioned so many churches to me that he played for.
1: There was probably 30 different churches. He played. Yeah.
0: I know he played on television. He played for a large church uh, and was on television with that church.
1: He, he played these huge organs. I mean, yeah. Not not digital. I mean, yeah. The real thing.
0: And and I think that he may have even played in the National Cathedral at one time. Uh, so I think he said,
1: that.
0: yeah. So While we're speaking of him, this is kind of funny. And don't don't get me wrong. Don't say that, oh, you're prejudiced, and this is racist. But he said he went to play at a church, and he was the only white member there. And he said this large black lady got up in front to lead the the singing. And she looked over at Walter and said, OK, boy, you see if you can keep up. (laughs) And Walter left. He said, I kept up. But, uh, yeah, he had a lot, a lot of stories and uh, quite an interesting fellow and quite talented. So we're going to miss him. I think everybody will miss him. He was, he was uh, a quiet soul, but he was really, really a good person. So we have Megan. Thank goodness we're blessed to have Megan. If we didn't have Megan, uh, Sandy would have to play the piano and preach. And it it, it could get a little tense. All right, well. And and like like we kind of insinuated, if we find anything else out, we will pass it on to this congregation so that, yeah, so we know what's going on. And uh, we can do that. Uh, I don't think we have anything else to... A knowledge. Today was bring your shoebox today. Uh, you're supposed to bring your shoeboxes in. Uh, if you did not bring them in, your name will be listed in the bulletin next week so that everybody can see who messed up. Bold, bold letters. Okay. So, but you can, this is the first day. You, as, you, as always, you can bring them in next Sunday. I think that Yes. Yeah, Bill is always a little lenient. It bring it the next $4 yeah. Yeah, if you can get it here before, but the I know... The
1: week.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know either, so... But uh, anyhow, get them here as quickly as you can and uh, we'll see that they get passed on. And I think that was everything that we had. Uh, Mr. Owen, when we do this first hymn, will you light the candles for us? Okay, he's saying yes, he will. And that we will do the first hymn. It's number 511, ladies, and We already talked about uh, our dear friend, Walter. Uh, Christine, do you have any other updates you would like to help with? with? Okay. Okay. Where is uh? Where is your cohort? Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Eleven days, Missouri. Hmm. All right. Yes, Karen.
2: table am i I talking into it
0: i don't know are
2: we yeah out on the table i put these prayer guides so if you want to continue with the ministry of your shoe boxes they have some suggestions for each day of the week to pray for them you know and and really we don't want to pray for the shoe boxes we want to pray for the kids that are going to receive them but um so if you want to continue on with that ministry and, you know, if, if you ever get on the Internet, you can go to them, and they have wonderful pictures and stories and things that might bless your heart. Yeah,
0: yeah. I have one of those bookmarks I've leave for five years or so. It's about wore out. I'll, I'll get a new one. Who else? Donna. Okay. <laughs> since you're since you're man. No, no, i got to hold it. Um, Just what happened with my um, two granddaughters, nothing basically. Uh, They go through the same thing in three months. Um, The mother has to prove that she done some things and she has things that she needs to do. Uh, My daughter-in-law's attorney did get it approved that she has to have the hair follicle test done to prove that she has been drug free for a specific amount of time. Apparently, it shows up longer in hair follicle then in a urine test. So that has to be done. My daughter-in-law has to um, line up therapy for the two girls. So um, basically nothing. (laughs) So in three months, they go through the same thing. So just keep praying. Yeah, just keep praying. So it's sort of in in a delay stage, okay.
2: Okay, my uh, first, my neighbor that lives across the street, there's three of us right in our neighborhood, uh, houses right next to each other that are all widows, and so we do some things together. And uh, my one neighbor, uh, Shirley, is her name, and she's 84. She goes to have surgery on Tuesday. So if you could keep her in your prayers, that would be uh, wonderful. She's uh, asked for prayer. And uh, then her sister, who's 88, is uh, she's been ill and she's having problems with her memory and doesn't recognize or know who a lot of people are. She's in the hospital. And then Shirley's grandson just found out on Saturday he has he tested positive for COVID. And he's in the hospital. So if you could keep that family in your prayers, uh, we would appreciate it. COVID, oh, yes, I did want to say that. Now, I don't know if you've seen it, but on Facebook, Nancy Hamler had posted that she was positive also, and she's in the hospital.
0: If, uh, if, you, don't, if you folks don't know who Nancy Hemler was, Nancy was one of our organists here. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, she was here for a long time. So she was, a, she was a member at Anvil, if I remember, Palmyra. So she had dual membership. So... Uh, she was one of our mentors when we had Kids Hope program going on, and uh, she, was a, she was a good girl. Anyone else? Let me get over there.
2: I got a phone call this morning from Helen. I thought she was coming along to church today. Well, I guess I won't because today's her birthday. Yeah. And she said, just tell people to keep praying for me because I'm really doing good. <laughs> good. Good. Good.
0: Power of prayer. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's, let's uh, look at our birthday list. Today is Helen's birthday. Tuesday, Shirley's, and uh, some guy, some other guy there. Uh, oh, Pastor Ryan, oh, that Pastor Ryan's seventy-five, and uh, <laughs> he ages well. <laughs> and then Joyce is on Friday. Wow, a lot of birthdays coming up here. That's great. So. Uh, Let's have prayer first, and then we'll sing happy birthday after the prayer, okay? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you know how we grieve for people who have passed away and, and are no longer with us in this world, but we know, we know that we know that they are with you, and such is the case with Walter. We miss him, and we will miss him, long into the future. He so loved the Christmas celebrations and the new, new Christmas, the Christmas Eve celebration was one of his favorites. And we will miss that organ playing and his professionalism. But boy, is he playing an organ now. And thank you, Lord, for his life. Thank you for his ministry. Lord, so many things going on in this world. It's just it's just turmoil upon turmoil. And uh, in our own little congregation here, we think we think of Karen's situation with her her family and family members. Lord bless that situation. It's tough to wait. It's tough to wait for results. And we need your strong hand upon us. And so we pray for that. And we pray for Donna's friends also, people who are expecting surgery or go, looking forward to surgery, and, and uh, people who are struggling with the virus. Lord, bless them. Lord, we think of also our, our efforts with our Christmas shoebox program. Like Karen said, we don't pray for the boxes themselves, but we pray for the children that will receive them. I can visualize smiles upon smiles with the beautiful children. Lord, bless them. Keep them in the palm of your hand. Guard them and nurture them. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we have so many people on our prayer list that we are asking for prayer. And individuals are praying continually. Hear our prayers, Lord. Let us come to you with all of our concerns. As we know, you welcome that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for birthdays, Lord. Thank you for individuals who are going to experience or are experiencing birthdays. And we we think of Helen, who can't be with us. But bless her, Lord. Bless her and, and keep her strong. It's good to hear that she feels well. And we look forward to having her come back with us. We think also of our friends and brothers and sisters throughout the world who are struggling to stay true to you. Please, Lord, we think especially of our brothers and sisters in Nigeria. Lift them up. Defend them. Give them great perseverance, Lord. Increase their faith beyond imagination. And let them know that you stand with them. Stretch out your mighty arm and protect them, Lord. Thank you. And thank you for all Christians throughout the world. The world hates us, Lord. And we know that you are our desire and you desire us. Thank you, Lord. Bless this congregation. Bless this leadership. Bless those that participate. Bless the individuals as we go forward. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Our Savior our great Messiah, the land that was slain, and yet the mighty Lion of Judah. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
3: Well. Yes, and thank you for the happy birthday well wishes. Appreciate that, Mike. I'm not yet 75.
1: It's all come.
3: But you know what, it's funny, Luke, uh, all of a sudden Luke, out of the blue, has been referring to me as old man. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He'll walk up, hey old man, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, start, he did, he started referring to me as old man, so, oh well. 37, in case anyone is curious, 37 here, so to him I am an old man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, um, question, who picked the hymns? Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, It happened again, Sandy. I um, was sitting, well, actually, I should say, for the past two weeks, I was struggling to figure out what to preach on. Um, Lord, what do you want to say? What do you want to say? And... Um, I sat alone in the house yesterday for close to seven, eight hours listening patiently to hear what the Lord wanted me to say. And I thought that I had an idea of what he wanted me to say, but I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it. Um, And um, I finally gave in and um, am going to Um, speak this morning what I think the Lord wants us to hear, and I want to thank you, Megan, because what what we sang in these hymns that you selected is exactly what I'm going to be preaching on. So the first hymn that we sang, Now I Belong to Jesus, and Jesus Belongs to Me. And so in Colossians chapter 1, Paul says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness. Did I go out? Nope, there we go. Okay. And it's no uh, secret, obviously, that we're living in some interesting times right now. Um, there are approximately 100. 95 countries in the world today. Each country is a collection of citizens. These citizens form the body of each country. Each country grows as a result of its members. In other words, the country will only be as strong as its members are strong. If a country is comprised of upright and God-fearing people, then it seems reasonable to conclude that that country will prosper. That justice will prevail, that love and mercy will reign supreme, that laws will be written based upon objective moral standards. And conversely, if a country is comprised of godless people, then it seems reasonable to conclude that justice will not prevail, that love and mercy will be absent from it, and that laws will be based on the standards of people and not of God. Now, all persons in a country are either citizens, temporary residents, or persons moving toward citizenship. And there are people in this country who are American citizens. There are persons who have been allowed to stay in this country for a period of time, but will ultimately have to go back to the country where they came from, to where they have citizenship. And then there are persons who have been allowed to stay in this country, provided that they are moving toward citizenship. Now, each person in this world is a citizen of at least one country. Every person is born under the domain or the kingdom of a particular country. And so by birth, then, they are citizens of that country. And we, by birth, are citizens of the United States of America. Now God's word does describe many different kingdoms throughout history and in the Old Testament. The Amalekites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the Mesquitebites. (laughs) But despite the different kingdoms in the Bible, all the diversity in the world today, there are, in an ultimate sense, really only two kingdoms that the New Testament is concerned with. The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of Christ. Or the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of heaven. And so citizens of the kingdom of this world. Paul says in Romans 5, Just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. And so I mentioned just a moment ago that each person is born under the domain of a particular country. Each person has citizenship to at least one country in this world. And in addition to that, God's Word tells us that each person is born under the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of this world. Now the primary characteristic of this kingdom is death. Death is perhaps the most unnatural aspect of our world. Death flies in the face of our intuitions, our common sense. We struggle to make sense of death. It feels out of place, and it is. Death is unnatural. Death was not a part of God's original good creation. It is an aberration, a corruption of the good, Death grieves God. We read this in the prophets that the Lord himself is grieved over the fact that we are dying. Now death is obviously a result of sin, and sin is in a broad picture falling short of God's standard. Some additional characteristics of the kingdom of this world that are described for us by Paul and Colossians. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire... Covetousness, which is idolatry. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk, and lying. Sexual immorality. Citizens of this world believe that there are no sexual boundaries. That there should be no consequences to sexuality. The streaming service Netflix continues to promote a movie called Cuties. I don't know if any of you have heard about this. My wife and I canceled the service as soon as we found out they are promoting a movie called Cuties in which teenage girls expose themselves. Netflix has defended this movie by saying that its intent is merely to shed light on the sexualization of young women, not to promote this as normal. And so by that logic, you might say, well, a good way to shed light on the dangers of drug use is to allow our children to smoke marijuana, shoot heroin, and snort cocaine. And by the way, if you're not aware, the state of Oregon just last week has now made it legal to possess heroin and cocaine. Evil desire. Citizens of this world are filled with evil desires. Jesus said in Mark 7 that the human heart is the source of evil. And when Jesus uses the term heart, he's referring to an aspect of our soul that is desire. We all have desires and Jesus says that they are for nothing but evil things. The evil in the kingdom of this world is real. It is so despicable that it promotes the killing of children in the wombs of their mothers. A senator in Massachusetts just last week proposed a bill in the state legislature that would allow children to be murdered up until the moment of birth And should that child survive the attempted murder, life-saving care can be denied to that child. The child can be placed aside on the table to die. This is a real law that that is being proposed in the legislature in the state of Massachusetts. So a question for that senator might be, at what point is the moment of birth? Is it when the child's body has fully exited its mother's womb? Is it when half of the child's body has exited the womb? Is it when the child's head first appears from the womb? The point is, however you define the moment of birth, it is completely arbitrary. Suppose you say the moment of birth is when the child's head first appears from the womb. Fine. And Please explain to me what is the difference between that child one second before its head first appeared. Did something change? How about a half a second before it appears? A quarter of a second? A one thousandth of a second? What is the precise moment of birth? And when you can tell me that, go ahead and explain to me what changed from one moment to the next. Paul says in Romans 1 that the citizens of this world, that they became futile in their thinking and that their foolish hearts were darkened, futile in their thinking. In other words, I think he's being polite there. They became dense. They could not think clearly. Anger, wrath, malice, slander. The last presidential election was enough to confirm that these characteristics exist in the kingdom of this world. People hate one another we are told all the reasons why we are different from other persons and given all the reasons why they are wrong and we are right. It's interesting to note that one of the primary ideas of Marxism is this. Society has evolved similarly to the way animals and human beings have evolved. Now, there are good reasons to reject biological evolution, but assuming that it's true for the sake of argument... Marxists believe that the only way to encourage, to promote the evolution of society is to promote conflict through ideas. If the idea is that marriage is between one woman and one man, then introduce a new idea. How about the idea that marriage is defined however you see fit? Throw that new idea into society, let chaos ensue, and then whatever comes out of the chaos is progress. If the idea is that police are defenders of the law, then throw in a new idea that police are violators of the law who want to kill and maim us. Let chaos ensue and then whatever comes out of the chaos is progress. This is called a Hegelian dialectic. I believe this is happening today in the kingdom of this world. Nations rise and nations fall. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast their cords away from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then He will speak to them in His wrath and terrify them in His fury, saying, As for me... I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. In Job 12, we read, He makes nations great and he destroys them. He enlarges nations and leads them away. He takes away understanding from the chiefs of the people of the earth and makes them wander in a trackless waste. They grope in the darkness without light. And he makes them stagger like a drunken man. Nations rise and fall. The greatest empires of the world. The Egyptian Empire, the Persian Empire, the Roman Empire, the Muslim Caliphate of the 7th and 8th century, the Mongol Empire, the Spanish Empire, the British Empire. What is the common characteristic to all these empires? Anybody know? All of them have vanished. The point is that the citizens of these empires were left without citizenship. They had no homeland, no place of belonging. Instead, the citizens of these kingdoms were left wandering. This is the inevitable end of citizenship of this world. No homeland, no place of belonging. Instead, citizens of this world are left wandering. Jesus said in the end, there will only be weeping and gnashing of teeth for the citizens of this world. But this is not our citizenship, is it? For he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Citizenship in the kingdom of Christ is not based on nationalities or ethnicities. It is not based on the color of our skin, the kinds of clothes that we wear, the languages that we speak, or even the sins that we have committed. The kingdom of Christ is open to anyone who would come to Christ, confessing their sins and trusting him as Lord and Savior. There is no citizenship test, there are no qualifying exams. The test has already been taken for us. In fact, we are not even solely responsible for this new citizenship. Christ alone is responsible for that. Paul says that we have been transferred to this new kingdom. In other words, someone else acted on our behalf. We were merely passive to this great act of salvation. But we can reap the heavenly benefits, no doubt. The defining characteristics of this kingdom are love and life. Paul says in Galatians that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love is perhaps the greatest defining characteristic of this kingdom. I believe that the sense of love that is being used here is wanting the best for someone solely for their benefit, not our own. Love in the kingdom of this world seems to only go as far as someone is willing to reciprocate that love to us. If they stop loving us, then we can stop loving them. Jesus says in Matthew 5 that anyone And love those whom love you back. Those who reciprocate this love. He says, that's easy. I'm telling you to love your enemies. John says in 1 John, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He has loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And so love in the kingdom of Christ it's not conditioned upon mankind reciprocating that love back to God. And so in that sense God's love for us is unconditional. And so we should love others the same way. Joy is the second characteristic of the kingdom of Christ. Joy is often confused with happiness. That's a mistake. Joy is a constant, stable, emotional experience, whereas happiness is generally a a fleeting emotion. It comes and goes. A person can, can be sad and still have joy in their life. Don't ever let someone tell you that's not the case. You can be sad and still be joyful. Joy is the emotion that comes from the assurance that Christ has died for our sins and that nothing can ever take that away from us. That salvation belongs to God, and no earthly king or government can take away this citizenship. Peace. Peace has two senses here. In the first sense, it means that we are no longer at odds with God. Christ has made peace between God and mankind by his sacrifice on the cross. We no longer have to live in dread, hiding from God. And in the second sense, it means that we can endure the loss of possessions, loved ones, even our lives, because we know that the riches that await us in the kingdom of Christ far, far exceed our earthly possessions. We know that God is in charge and that He will right all wrongs in the end. And we have peace through the storms of life knowing that God is in charge. And patience. Patience means enduring through this lifetime. This is a characteristic of the kingdom of Christ. Suffering wrongs, knowing that God is in charge, and thus we can bear with one another's failures. And patience is knowing that God is not slow to return, but rather, as Peter says, He is patient towards mankind, not wishing that any should perish. And so why is it the case that God endures such atrocities, Because he is patient towards mankind, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Kindness is a staple of our brethren heritage. Extending the right hand of fellowship to all persons, irrespective of their appearance, lifestyle, political perspectives, or any other character trait that we might find to be out of place. Goodness, goodness is living out the moral standards of the kingdom of Christ by being rooted in Christ. There are moral absolutes in this world. There are moral rights and moral wrongs. The citizen of the kingdom of Christ seeks to live by these standards, seeks to legislate by these standards. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is trust in Christ for what He has already done and what He will do at the death of our physical bodies. And ultimately at the end of this age. Faith in Christ for His sacrifice for our sins. Faith in Christ that just as He was raised from the dead, so will He raise our mortal bodies. Transform them into heavenly bodies. And faith that Christ will set all things right in the end. At the coming of His eternal kingdom of which we are already citizens. Gentleness is a reflection of God's loving hand toward His creation. Instead of smiting us with fire, annihilating us, He became like us. He was patient towards us. He was gentle to speak to us in a way that we could understand. His gentle hand never leaves us and continues to guide His citizens to this day. His hand, it hems us in in the back and the front. And so citizens of His kingdom are to be gentle to others. And self-control, Paul says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are good for me. Self-control is limiting our use of the things in this world so as not to be controlled by those things. And this, again, is also another staple of brethren heritage. Moderation in all things. The citizens of this world are controlled by their idols, but we are not citizens of this world. We are citizens of... Of the kingdom of Christ, and we are to be under his control. The final characteristic of the kingdom of Christ is that it is unconquerable. Jesus said that his kingdom is not of this world, it is not subject to the rising and falling of past kingdoms of this earth. In the book of Revelation, he says, Fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. The author of Hebrews says, Therefore let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And so, praise be to the risen and conquering Lord Jesus Christ, whose kingdom cannot be shaken and whose kingdom counts us as citizens. And so, do not be discouraged at the present times. Rather, reflect on this. We were born into the kingdom of this world, the kingdom of this world is a mess. All you need to do is watch the news or read a history book to know that. People are futile in their thinking and their hearts are darkened. And just like all kingdoms of the past that have risen and fallen, so too will the kingdom of this world rise and fall. But we don't have to worry about that. Because we have been transferred from the kingdom of this world to the kingdom of Christ. This means that we are no longer citizens of this world. We no longer have a, pa- have a passport that says citizen of this world, but rather we have been given a new passport that says marked by the Holy Spirit of Christ and vouchsafed under His banner of salvation, security, peace, and under the flow of His redeeming blood. In other words, don't mess with these ones. These are mine. If you mess with them, you mess with me and the entire heavenly host. And so because of this, our allegiance is to Christ alone. Christ is the King and we are His citizens here on this earth, passing through, spreading His good news of salvation and serving Him while we can during this lifetime. So do not be discouraged. Rather, fix your eyes upon Jesus and His coming kingdom. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, boy, I just want to praise you. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of salvation and for your eternal coming kingdom, Lord Jesus. We think of the ones whom we've lost this year. I know we reflected a few weeks ago on the ones that we have lost. And even in the past, Lord, the saints that have gone before us. Oh, what a glorious time those saints are having in your presence. And I just can feel the anticipation that they have waiting for you to come and to usher in your coming kingdom, your eternal kingdom. Lord, thank you for calling us into your kingdom. Thank you for transferring us from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light so that we can see the problems that are in this world and that we are not led astray by these problems. Lord, I ask that you would help us to be a light to our neighbors, to our family, to those in our communities that they might come to know you through our actions, through the way that we love one another, through the way that we serve one another. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.